Welcome, everybody, to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. A new chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. So, so at some point, would it be too much to ask uh, Quiet on the set? No. Something good for ya. All right, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. I gotta quit saying that. We have not been regular. Right. <laughs> Very welcome, irregular. Welcome to this episode of the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sit through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. And I am one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and across from me at the table is you Captain li- Nunn. You lied to him again. It's not each and every single week. Like they can weeks, listen yeah. <laughs> whenever they want to. There's a bunch of episodes at this point, plus so shit on the Patreon. So go to backlog episodes for each and every single week if you feel so inclined. Hey, we got new listeners every day. Every every episode could be a new episode for a listener. There you like, go. This could be somebody's episode. first episode. So, hey. Each and every week, you've got 30-plus episodes now to go back and listen to, so fuck you, Cal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just agreeing with you. And we have a returning guest with us. Part of the reason you have not heard from us in the past little while is we have been busy motherfuckers. Uh, We were able to slip in that single episode just to talk uh, nerdy Avengers shit because we fucking had to. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We had to quit talking about stuff other than production and shit like that yeah and that reason being because we've been in the studio and we'll talk about that more when the time comes and just getting ready for just life in general when it comes to the music so yep one of those things included was making a nice five hour trek up to probably one of our favorite out-of-town venues to play. Um, this was the closer for my month. <laughs> <laughs> After this hellacious month of traveling and... Getting our shit recording, <laughs> Getting all the shit done. The big payoff at the very end was to come up here to the rim, Norton, West Virginia. And we are very happy to have Brad Smith back on the episode again so welcome sir howdy guys how are you (laughs) a lot better and we've got better recording equipment i know a little bit more of what i'm doing now so this episode is probably going to turn out a little better than the last one (laughs) yes indeed how long ago was that was that october or something like that i want to say so because wasn't that the felon show Oh, it was New the Year's. The Felon Show was New Year's, yeah. That's right. Because we that, did the, that's we did the, it was we the did year the, thing uh, with our favorite yeah. records of the year yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it's been a hot minute. It's been enough time has passed. Uh, within that time, uh, 50 shows. Yeah, we that, celebrated. That was the reason for the uh, trek. Yeah, and we celebrated number 50 last, last night. Uh, big time. Mm-hmm. We had... Uh, Great show, great lineup. Uh, we had the felons uh, opening the night for us with a, a half cool ass set. Uh, cool, no, <laughs> cool ass set. And we don't it. practice; it's by nature half-assed. Exactly. <laughs> we That's got the, playing those. Sets. We literally have not played those songs since the last time we played those songs live, which I think was here. I think you're right. <laughs> I think our last felon show was here. So we the last played, time we played acoustic together was a New Year's. locally with the felons in a while. We've been too busy doing this show. Yep. <laughs> but then after that. We also got to experience what Cap has been telling us about for quite some time. We got to hear Kelsey Ryan firsthand at the rim last night. Yes. Cap, and, you want to talk about that in a minute? Uh, yeah. We uh, made our... Uh, debut at the rim with Kelsey Ryan at least I mean Kelsey did I play guitar all over her record 
and uh, that'll be coming out uh, here at length in September. And as of now, as we're recording this, you can hear uh, Kelsey's first single, L.A., streaming on all outlets, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, The Works. And at the end of this episode. So, definitely check it out. She is amazingly talented, tremendous voice, maybe not what the typical listener. Hey, if you dug the Andrew Evans solo material... You're definitely going to dig the Kelsey Ryan shit, so definitely check it out at the end of the episode. And it was really cool seeing such a stripped-down version of it because the record has so many layers. It's got so much production to it. You are breathing right in this fucking microphone. Am I really? Yeah, you are. (laughs) I was listening. (laughs) People are going to be like, get Cap out the fuck of my ear. (laughs) Running on so few hours of sleep. (laughs) No, but due to all the production and everything, it was cool to see a stripped-down version of it last night. Just to y'all and the songs it. are just so good too. That's why it just works so well. It's just a solo acoustic deal too, and that's yeah. what we started off with and built it from there too. But at some point, we'll have a full episode. Exactly. That. Once the once the album comes out, Kelsey on for sure. Once the album comes out, and it's actually, it's, I would say we, we might try to figure it out to where it drops like the same weekend or something. We'll figure yeah. that out. We'll go on down the line. But after Kelsey did her amazing job. Uh, we had uh, Rat Tail, and yes. those guys are nuts. Uh, <laughs> say the you least. ain't kidding. Uh, so we played with them before. Yeah, they um, they unleashed the Summer of Fun tour last night. Uh huh. Um, we were the first and last stop in the single <laughs> night of the tour. We've done um, a few of those. Yep. <laughs> these guys absolutely. Break, they break out the carnival games. They have balloon fights. Uh, you name it. Um, Mud wrestling. And it's all done. Uh, some heavy thrash. Um, that they a Misfits did, vibe to it. Well, yeah, they did a few Misfits covers. Yeah, they, they did, uh, they did skulls, skulls and dig up her bones. Yeah, and right. and they have that. a a very Misfits uh, vibe to them. So and they just uh, know how to go have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, check out Rat Tail. I mean, those guys. It's a blast to watch them. Um, they definitely uh, have got some chops, and uh, we we love those guys here. Um, and then we finished off the night uh, with with you guys, uh, the Phillies. Guys, you've never heard of. Uh, Not regulars at all. <laughs> uh, we we got to experience last night a mix of of the old mm-hmm. and the brand spanking new. Never heard uh, beyond the studio. I don't believe at this nope. point. Nope. Um, and let me tell you, like so literally, the MP3s have not been shared outside of the email that have been sent from the studio. Yeah. So yeah, to hear those songs, uh, the songwriting guys, to me, is top notch. Um, it was to hear those songs and love them that much the first time. <laughs> I cannot wait to get my hands on recorded versions of them and see you guys play them again. Oh, of course. Uh, I'm glad we'll, we'll, we'll figure like it out. Man. We'll figure it out. Yeah, Trust it was, me, it was pulling fucking hen's teeth to get a lineup available <laughs> to come up here. <laughs> well, hopefully we have that sorted, though. But no, that, that was actually really nice because that was the cool thing about it because DJ cut the record with us and it just so happened to where you were looking for a show literally two weeks after he did his drum parts and we were able to talk him into coming up here and the benefit of that was all that material was still so fresh on our minds it's like we've got to play all new material and it was fun because we were able to kind of gauge and be like you know what stuff isn't going to work live you know what stuff you know works in the studio but maybe doesn't translate live and then which one is like oh Okay, this is the yeah, banger. Which one's so going to land the best out of all of them. Yeah. So, so that was kind of the interesting thing to kind of roll through that, and I really don't have an opinion. 
<laughs> I was still kind of nervous playing all the new stuff because it's still so fresh to me too. But I don't think any, you dig it. I don't think any of them failed the test. I mean, they cool. all seem to to go over very well live. I felt cool. Well, that's a little reassuring for everything we're planning on doing <laughs> with this. <laughs> Played two new records worth of material last night. But this isn't all about us. That was the. <laughs> it's not. That was no. <laughs> the whole we're talking. Of course, it's about us. We don't talk about the films the whole time. It's not a big ass commercial for us. <laughs> we just hadn't gotten them on the mic for a minute, so it's just a little bit of filling in the backstory of everything going on and how much it ties to the rim. Um, because even some of the songs and songwriting is, of course, dedicated to the rim. And so I yeah, th th think this album is a little bit more storytelling than any of the other stuff we've done. I think that's uh -huh. what's going to be fun about it. Right, right. <laughs> of course, there's some, you know, just slap it together lyrics for the hell of it. Because it's like, of course, we love our Paul Stanley and Danco Jones, you know, kind of preachy vibe like the first song right you know so right. of course we're still just gonna slap stuff together just to make you know a fun little rocker but it's like i think in this album there's a little bit more truth to be told yeah. <laughs> than in the past a lot has happened uh during the uh, construction of these songs <laughs> to write about and you guys have had a big part of it because one of the last tracks on there uh, is definitely dedicated to you guys because to wrap it back to the reason we were coming here is you know 50th show at the rim there's a reason bands keep coming back here we we talked it up on the first episode but it's like i think you know now kind of getting our flow doing the episodes a bit more i think it's just something that we really should just kind of look at from the beginning to looking at 50 shows now right because that, that is one of those things where it's like it's, it's absolutely crazy because it came from the 21 cg yeah. booking the show because we yeah. talked about that last time but it's like i think after that we kind of stopped after that, it was like we talked about the beginning and then where we are now. Right, right. So after the first show, what sparked it in your head of going, well, we're going to do it again? Just the the crowd response. Um, everybody just was blown away that, that we could pull this off the way we did. Right. Um, we, with the team of people that I've been working with, try to make sure every detail is taken care of for the band. Um, and I mean, you have a huge everybody was, circle unit here that just gets so much done. Everybody was just so willing to jump in and and help in whatever manner just to be able to do it again. Yeah, uh, you know. So um, putting the uh, the PA in was was paramount, I guess, to to moving it forward and right. Uh, but that's but that's still a big investment. That's a big leap from yeah, going. Yeah. Hey, we had essentially, you know, for a lack of a better term, at this point, a house party. Right. You know, yeah. we're, right. we're we're gonna jump into this. We're musicians. We know how much that shit costs. We're gonna right. sink a lot of money into getting a PA. Yeah. And yeah. do this more. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> it's like get a legit drum riser for the drummers and stuff. Yeah. DIY uh, lighting equipment. And you know, I traded a couple old. Uh, Super Nintendo games for those drum risers. What? That's all <laughs> Wait, which ones? Do you know? Uh, I, I don't. I, I, so I was going to say while you're doing that, I'm totally going to look on eBay and see if you got a good deal or you, you got ripped well, off. I had actually, right. I had looked them up on eBay. Uh, oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good man, good Fair man. Uh, we, had, we had borrowed the risers uh, from a guy and he happened to work at GameStop and I took him in and he's like, man, if you really want those risers, I'll give them for you if you just Let's just do the trade, you know, <laughs> off the books. And, uh, Gotta so love a good did. nerd music trade. So, it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I totally get it, man. <laughs> so Super Nintendo helped pay for my risers. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
but uh yeah i mean and then just uh layering on as we can uh mm-hmm. anything we can uh you know we've worked on lights worked on making the sound better because what uh, because one of the things i loved first time coming here and i and we're I don't know. I think you you had a version of it one of the first times I was here, but I immediately pointed out the DJ when I was here, which was the uh, gray paneling uh-huh. b- uh, behind the riser. I was like, "Those are light boxes. They yeah. made those." Yeah. He's like, "No, no shit, really." I was like, "Yeah, they're awesome." Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know you've you've not only you know just gone out and just purchased shit, but it's like you're making your own stuff to right. actually create your own venue. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how to like uh, make it sound good too with the way you have everything set up on the wall to help soundproof a little bit of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right. with extraness and stuff like that, too. So the room sound itself sounds really good, and everybody digs the hell out of that, too. We've been micing the, the, the kick now as well. That helps fill out the room a lot better. Um, well, that was one of the things DJ said when he heard uh, Rat Tail. Uh-huh. Uh, he was like, holy shit, the room sounds good. He goes, just with everything, with the, with the way yeah, it was dampened. Yeah. So, no, you guys. And, that, and that's the cool thing about it is you've got such a love and a passion for it, and it shows in those little details. Yeah, yeah. It's not that you just threw together a couple little half stacks and was like, oh, well, these are speakers for your vocals. Right, you know, turn right. up and make it work. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've played actual venues. I was about to ask, did it start off that way, or uh, <laughs> was it always like conscious of making it as Well, I believe Goliath brought their own PA, because okay. yeah, they I think they had, because I remember um, them having their own gear. Yep. And so then, I, And then I guess by the second show is when you purchased one. Yes, yep. Yeah, nice. so so even so, yeah, from the start, he was doing it better than one of the pit stops we would make in between here. Yeah. That was an actual venue, actual at a have bar, done so much less. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's what's always amazed us about this place, and you know, is why we always want to come up here. So if anyone's listening, definitely hit up Brad, send him some music. Don't be dicks. Be respectful. It's a house. there are rules (laughs) there are rules (laughs) but if you abide by those rules you're going to have some awesome friends and that's what it really comes down to and that's the main reason we keep coming up here yeah we've i mean we have it's a rock and roll vacation we've we've hosted over 50 bands now i think it's 50 maybe 52 different bands now as well wow plenty Um, of nationals too yeah um yeah we had um dr boogie who were one of my favorite bands I've ever yeah. hosted. Uh, yeah, they disbanded. Uh, they were from L.A. Uh, Black Cat Attack out of uh, Canada. Uh, and then we had the Bitch Queens uh, from Switzerland. I thought so. you were about to say, and then we hit the bitch of a show. <laughs> <laughs> you mean so, it was bitch in. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it's been crazy. We've, we've kind of tied, you know, mostly to the East Coast. Um, yeah. Uh, but I've been working on several bands from Chicago. I know I've definitely got interest. Uh, Chicago's for, a, kind of a hotbed right now. I tell you, yeah, there's three or four bands right now. And uh, Brad from Satanic Panic uh, hit me up with a new one just the other night that I hadn't heard. And yeah, I was he sent blown me away too. by those the guys, Satanic too. Panic EP is awesome. So, yeah, yeah, we haven't been on the mic in a minute. That actually just finally hit Spotify. Yep. Uh, we put um, Bombs Away, I think it was. Yeah, we, played, we debuted uh, Bombs Away on the show, and yeah. now there's like two other tracks that are available, too. Mm-hmm. So it's on Spotify now. But, uh, yeah, um, I've got quite a line right now. It feels like waiting. Uh, it's just trying to put the pieces together. I can't have a show every weekend. I wish no. I could. See, <laughs> see now uh, you're legit promoter and uh music venue owner you got to figure out everybody's logistics and schedules and yeah and you know realistically for me uh you know 
one a month is probably you know what I should be doing. Sometimes right. I get a little um, greedy and and do more than that. <laughs> Sounds like uh, me. Where it's like oh, three bands is plenty. <laughs> nah. Hey, when I join this one, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we've got right now. I've got a. I've got my next two shows scheduled out. We've got. Uh, um, Seven Year Witch and Rory Kelly on uh, June twenty second. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, that's two of my headliners generally. So um, I was say Seven Year Witch. Oh, wow. so that's going to be a uh, it's going to be one of those pre sale shows essentially. Yeah, and and then um, we do have uh, Bubba Flex coming in to play the fourth of July, um, and. Uh, right now I've got we've got five total bands on that show. Oh wow! We are the looking. Flex one? Yeah, almost like a little festival, huh? Well, that's uh, we are looking at uh, the 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 band on the card, Red Sun, out of Pittsburgh, has offered to bring in their PA and lights, and we're gonna basically feature a second stage. Oh wow! So uh, <laughs> we Just may out front, be adding, or uh, uh, we're gonna use the back deck and cover that and wind up having two stages potentially six wow you know rim fest 2019 i was gonna say make that a once a year uh thing like have it to where like there's a month or two before and after where you don't do as many shows because again you're averaging what like about maybe two a month uh not quite that but yeah i mean it's that's definitely i I would i Um, would say if you were to do that kind of kick back don't do one for maybe about two months and then do the rim fest 2019 and then after that, <laughs> don't do another one for a few months after. Yeah. I just see do Randa the one back big there blowout. just kind of like glaring. <laughs> <laughs> she can get over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean it is a, uh, it's certainly been a balancing act for me because I do have a, a I bet group that of is folks tough. Who, uh, that help me do everything. So yeah. I don't want to overload them. <laughs> They've got lives. Yeah. They've got jobs, things going on. But, uh, and that was actually literally what I was about to segue into, which was, you know, exactly what we were saying earlier. This is a house. This is your home. Yeah. You know, you, you are still a father. You still yeah. have a job. You know, you have bills. Yeah. <laughs> I got two it's, cool kids and one that's not so cool, but I'm not going to say which. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got, I got three great kids that have been helping. Uh, the, my wife, she uh, has been on board since day one. Um, so much family support, friend support. Um, it's and it's I think that's amazing. Probably, that's probably what winds up keeping it going too. Yeah, yeah. People so. come out and get into it too, which is always great. Right, right. And the reason the bands keep coming back is you show that same sort of love and support back to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I th- and that's one of the reasons that you know maybe why I'm kind of focusing on this so hard. You know, this isn't something good for you podcast. You know, it's so hard to find people that are still genuinely in love with music now. Right. You find music fans. Yeah. You find plenty of fans of music. You yeah. don't find many people that love music anymore. And, and and I think that's why we gravitate to you guys so quickly and so hardly. Or it's hardly, wow. <laughs> so hard. It's because you have such a genuine affection and love for music. And it's so rare to find that. And I'm a music nerd, you know? It's like, I, I like digging in. It's like, yeah, Cap and I will sit and nerd out. We'll talk about the Thin Lizzy Deluxe Edition. Be like, oh, they oh, went, yeah. they went back and found like these, 700 you know, songs or something like that. Yeah, or, and then we'll go and be like, oh, they found these alternate guitar tracks. And they're only slightly different. Yeah. You know, they're only slightly things. different. Oh, this is but when you listen to it, you're like, oh my God, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> so it's like, 
I've only met a handful of people that I can really do that with. And we're always the first people at like the merch tables, like getting stuff signed and taking pictures. Because oh yeah, we right, are fans. Right. We are not ashamed to be fans. And that, and that's also the other thing too. Is I say you know you find a lot of music fans, but they don't like calling themselves fans. Yeah, it, it, which is I've run into that. Like, oh, quit being a fanboy over this. It's like, no, be a fanboy. Oh, you wore that the band's T-shirt to the show you're going to see? That's stupid. No, it's not. It's not. Look, I will say for myself, anyone wants to wear a fucking fill-in shirt to my show, I'm going to look out <laughs> in the audience and go, fuck yes, you're on our team. Yeah. I don't care. That's not lame. That shows like you're here for a certain band. That's showing it's like, hey, I'm showing my support for this specific band that I'm here to see tonight. Like any, I don't see a problem with that. It's like any band... That is in our but little the, circuit that sees stuff like that is always stoked too. Yeah, but this is yeah. also coming from the guy that wears my own logo all the time in my own band t-shirt, so I really have no room to talk. Somebody's got to, right? <laughs> Thank you for stealing my line. <laughs> I do it too. I'm wearing my own drawing on a t-shirt right now. <laughs> well, that's a little different. That's not actual fill-ins merch. We're not going to make that merchandise. I know, that's, but it's still something that's, that's, that's you That's a made. design that you created that we just got a custom print of. Yeah, but it's like anything else. Like if you wear fill-in stuff, it's still something that you made yourself or you manifested into something. You know? Right, but I, I still see that maybe as something slightly different because if I'm wearing something like the Circle Bolt or the logo, that's something that I'm marketing out there as part of the fill-ins unit. That drawing there, that's a cap drawing. So now you just, know, that's a individual thing. So like just, if you were to go off and do solo material, if you ever wanted to use that as a logo, that's a cap logo. You know? a, that's a very nice way of saying I'm being extra, extra today. No, that's my way of saying that's not going to be Phil Lynn's merchandise. I didn't expect it to. I'm fucking with you. I know. <laughs> no, I do, I do see a little bit of difference in that, but no, I do wear my own stuff a little too much. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. There's never anything wrong with that. Well, that's uh, you'll normally see me in the week up to a show wearing, you know, if it's the Phil Lynn's headlining, I'm wearing my Phil Lynn's gear that week. Uh, that way, if anyone... Oh no! I was doing the same. They're going to get an invite. Also, we do that yeah. with the rim stuff. I was all the doing time. that all week. It's like all week I kept wearing the rim shirt because I'd take different selfies in. Because I've got two now. I have three. I'm wearing it now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I had two, so I'm like, cool. I can cycle these out and take a few different ones and then post them throughout the week. <laughs> and and today, well, I'm I'm wearing Danko Jones, and if and if uh, he would hear this and wanted to play the coolest house party <laughs> in the U.S., he but is more than is, welcome to come. Because the thing is, man, because he has his own podcast. Did you yeah. know that? I did not. I, I, he only does I, it every now vaguely, and then, but he has I one. mean, yeah. I, I say subscribed. I hadn't listened to it much, but the handful I have, he actually pays attention and listens to, like, emails that come in. Wow. And that's the other bullshit thing, too, man, because especially everyone at this table, we have found such a love for certain music that never tours the U.S. They can't get the draw, or the, the promoters don't want to take the chance. I mean, even down to Airborne, they had a tour booked that they canceled. <laughs> I didn't hear about this. Yeah, they were supposed to play Amos's one time. Wow. And like two months before the show, like the whole thing got canceled. Like it was like a whole East Coast run or uh, just the it one was like a, It was like maybe 10 shows. Huh. It was like because Tony was talking about coming out. It was like maybe 2012, 2013, somewhere in that area. It was really early on. That might be one of those where they'd have to uh, get on a support slot that's really strong. Probably, yeah, because uh, it looked like a headlining bill. It was like right after like Running Wild had hit big and all that shit. Man, and they were still like still everywhere. Oh, yeah. 
I, I still did, have not been I able did to catch see him it. in Baltimore really? about two years ago, I think it was. I think you're talking um, about that because you said the Wild was on that bill, too. Yeah, the Wild was on that bill. Um, and that's a national that's a, that uh, knows all about you, too, right? Right, right. Yeah, those or guys. Or not a national. They're out of Canada. Yeah, they're out of Canada. Eh, um, international. <laughs> extra special. <laughs> those guys are killing it in Europe right now, though. That's that's where they've been going. Um, they speaking toured, of killing it in Europe, in uh, Criminal Kids, didn't they do a tour? Uh, the Tip did. Uh, the Tip did. Yeah, the Tip did. Uh, uh, tour of Europe. What what tour did the Criminal Kiss just do? Uh, I think they're just doing, still doing just uh, East Coast runs. And okay, because uh, I remember they were hopping, like they were like getting ready for a tour a few weeks after the Down South Showdown. Uh, oh, they were playing Canada. That's, That's what, what I thought. Was. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they did. Um, it. I wanted to try to grab them for the rim at some point um, during that. We just couldn't match it up. Um, they were having some. I think issues aligning uh, their guitarist, uh, his schedule. Uh, they did make a run up into Canada, and uh, I think that went real well for them. That's another uh, thing that's wild about all these bands is that they have so many members that are just like all over the place too. It's like right. one band has like one member on the West Coast, one member in the middle uh, Midwest, one on the East Coast, one in Texas, and stuff like that. Yeah, um, we had a band here last year. Um, playing some honky tonk metal scattered hamlet and they they are definitely in that vein their um uh their singer uh guitarist is uh he's based out of uh, uh western pennsylvania okay and uh the drummer is in nashville the bass player is in L.A. Wow. And the guitarist, I think, is in Rhode Island. I thought Gunpowder uh, Gray was doing bad flying Brad out from, from Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. yeah, those guys, they are. Um, and they're about to make another run. I think they just finished their album. I know they were in Nashville recording that. And um, they're going to be making another run out. But the first time we had them, we didn't get to see the their guitarist. He was actually uh, in Europe playing um for d snyder at the time oh really so they had hired a, a guy uh, to come in and play the run that they had booked i like how they're uh, labeled as uh on their bio their uh, location is just appalachia yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> nothing specific at all so but, uh, you, you said they were just scattered all over the place i'm sitting there reading that description going like oh, okay that makes sense now yeah <laughs> but uh yeah that uh i look to have them back at some point we uh one of those timing things they uh-huh. they were looking at us on this tour and i would love to have had them but i'd already booked it too tight and we couldn't make it match up they they did get a gig in morgantown so mm-hmm. i'll be making that trek up to watch <laughs> there you go <laughs> so uh wasn't a total loss but uh, we'll at least get what guys. you can yeah yeah but uh but, yeah but, but they're kind of like they've, they've played what one or tw- uh, once or twice over here already uh they've done one here um they uh, they've had some great shows. They were on. Uh, uh, they played Sturgis. They did. Um, so they get on one of the big main like stage shows. Yeah, stuff yeah, too. yeah. How many uh, nationals do y'all get on a regular basis now? Uh, we get a few. You know, I'm. Um, I've been turning a lot of. Uh, well, I can't say I've been turning a lot now. I've been racking my brain trying to figure out how I'm going to make these things fit. I have getting quite all the a logistics line. Yeah. and everything yeah. down. Yeah quite a line of of folks interested now which is awesome um so yeah i've got agencies emailing me wow and, and <laughs> so yeah it's becoming the word is spreading which the is true great. rock father <laughs> the truth is being spread. Uh, we had uh, on the boba flex card that i've got july 4th um 
we had the band uh, Saul uh, was going to be part of that card, and uh, they took off, I think, on Octane, and, and the their debut song they they'd done everything independent and a record label picked them up and they just said uh yeah they, they changed their plans i they think said, they, See ya. <laughs> they had to go into the recording studio i think and, and uh, they're going to be working on a full length for the for the label so nice. yeah, you got studio time booked and uh yeah so gotcha. but, that's, um, but that's that, pretty great though because you, you had to buy that package for boba flex right yeah that was uh that's uh boba flex uh nine electric and uh spider rockets um is is the package and then uh we uh are also going to uh uh have uh, red sun out of pittsburgh uh play on that card and that's uh, those guys like are the, really just, good just like local yeah. support going first or are they just kind of like further up it's we're gonna we're not gonna be able to alternate stages well uh, we'll just ha we'll do all the local uh support on the second stage gotcha. first uh my band is going to play. Uh, that's, oh, that's right. That's old always Mama a, Tequila. <laughs> that's always a riot. Um, <laughs> we uh, we cover the songs that you've probably never yeah. heard of most of the time. I mean, a lot of that late. Uh, we were talking about this on the last episode. A lot of uh, Circus of Power and Junkyard and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, and Kiss. Uh, yeah, because why not? Exactly. Well, that's uh, wild that you're at a spot now where you can buy entire packages. Now is that is this the first one? Uh, Yes, yeah, this is the the first package deal that I've done. So, um, looking forward to it. Um, uh, Jimmy uh, from Boba Flex has been has been awesome to and deal with. That's the with. bass player, right? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy is um, love that guy. I mean, he's uh, he's been great. He uh, uh, you know gives me and and Jimmy is into so much of the same music as as us. I mean, right. he follows all the same bands. Um, told me a story about. I'm, I'm trying to recall about being maybe 17 years old and mm -hmm. drive. He, it's Jimmy's from uh, out near Seattle and driving to see the biters like in 2012 when he's 17 years old and breaking down and oh wow and I, I think maybe Tuck and those guys got a hold of him and you know made him a, you know an offer to hang with him or something but yeah I mean he's that's cool Jimmy's definitely been uh, you know listening to. The same bands uh, mm -hmm. that, that we all are into, and and uh, well, I mean, I even partly blame the rim for a lot of the music taste I have because Cap was aware of the Biters uh, mm -hmm. before I'd even come up here, and he tried showing them to me, and I was like, "What the fuck ever, dude?" <laughs> it's, it's, it's the '70s cheap trick fan in me. <laughs> well, it, and it's like, and I was still kind of getting into that a little bit more. It's like I'd, I'd always had you know an affinity for that '70s rock, but it's just, some of it was just a little too poppy. What you were showing me. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, power pop as fuck. I was like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But then when I, when we came up here with Dirtbag and Devin put on Wildlife, and then shortly after you put on the Biters record, I was just like, I was like, who, who is this? He's like, Biters, man. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know if it was maybe not the same record Cap was showing me or whatever, but it's like it clicked. Yeah, it's yeah. like, and I partly blame like the environment, like the people we were around. So it's like, I, I I always associate you know that sort of music with just the good times, right? You right. know, like with Dirtbag, the folks here at the Rim, and just and the new friends we've met down in Atlanta since yeah. all of them are connected with all of that too. First time I met Gunpowder Gray, I was wearing a Rim T-shirt, and uh, Chris, the singer, was just kind of like, you know, oh hi, how are you, blah blah blah, and then he sees my T-shirt and goes, is that? Oh, dude. 
come back here and hang for a bit and stuff. Yeah, so it's like the rim literally like is connected us with other people and friends down there. They're like, oh shit, we we know the rim too. It's yeah. kind of almost one of those. It's like that secret club. It's like, oh, you know them too. You're cool. Come hang with us. <laughs> You've created like a little network here. You kind of have. You kind of create like a secret like fan club, like friend group, <laughs> where it's like you see the logo and it's like at least from across the room you gotta give the little head nod. It's like you know what's up. Because I'm in the same boat. I discovered a lot of bands just from hanging around here too like every time i come over brad's just like hey here's two or three bands mm-hmm. you should totally check out and i got homework that that's yeah. the more that that's the episode we just need to record it's like we need to quit going hey do we need to do the episode it's like i just i need to wake up in the morning just have the microphone set up and ready that way when we're eating breakfast and all that crap which was fantastic this morning which chris didn't make <laughs> <laughs> yeah shoney's never did open shoney's never open chris's kitchen uh his tv show is canceled <laughs> chris's kitchen corner <laughs> they ran out of budget on bleeps <laughs> And by the time they edited it down, it was five minutes worth of episode. Yeah, you got to get Chris on on sometime when you. That got- would be a four-hour episode, <laughs> and I don't know how much of it would get released. Chris is someone you just kind of have to be around. There is no filter. <laughs> Duh. No, actually, you know what? I might get him on with a topic idea <laughs> just let him roll <laughs> keep keep him on a path <laughs> actually when no, brad and i started talking we were talking about the new stuff that's coming out with tuck yeah and there, how there's a lot of video about it now too and we were just kind of picking each other's brands on how we felt about that kind of stuff right right i don't know what'd you think about it I, uh, saw. I mean nothing's officially released yet this is just speculation on just you know videos we've seen yeah i mean um it's it's i don't know it, it was it was difficult for me when when he told me the approach he was going to take, you know, he doesn't want to go in and headline right now. Um, yeah, he's treating it like a brand new band. Yeah, I mean, he he says Which we don't cool. we, we don't deserve to headline yet. We don't have an album out, you know. So uh, he's been going around and and opening shows, and um, it's it's really cool. Um, it's wild to see. He's always uh, been pretty grounded like that too. Yeah, it's uh, weird to see. From what uh, I've seen, Ricky uh, back on guitar. I you know I first saw him with a tip on lead and. Uh, and then uh, saw him with the Biters. Uh, and he just kind of gets regular gigs in Nashville uh, more yeah, than anything, yeah. I think. But, uh, yeah, it's nice to see Ricky on guitar again. Um, I saw that dude play three-piece blues when I was going to school in Knoxville, of all things, with a group called 1220. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just I know, that that was always the weird thing. He was like, because we went down to Atlanta for the Future's Not What It Used To Be album release party months after it actually got released. I was like, Brad yeah. was there, too. Yeah, was there. yeah and you yeah. were there. And... I don't think you knew at that point Ricky was in the band. And I remember you nerding out so hard. You like grab me. You're like, I know that dude. I know that dude, man. I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> I had a class with his drummer. <laughs> like, this is fucking weird, man. <laughs> and he ripped back then, too. Yeah, Ricky's he's badass for sure. I, I was telling Cap, and I didn't, and I don't mean this negatively at all, but it's like, if you drew a 70s cartoon character and made him come to life that's ricky yeah, yeah. <laughs> draw the stereotypical and 70s all, and the best dude way possible the typical 70s dude and then make him come to life that is ricky he is awesome his hair has not changed at all either <laughs> you could you could get that fro i don't know my just see mine grows out that's the thing i couldn't get i have to have 
some kind of project uh, products. Like, <laughs> if I was going to go, you Ricky have enough st- projects already. <laughs> yeah. If I was going to do it Ricky style, I need a little help. <laughs> well, of course, that's what you got. That's the, that's the fucking boy. That's why they uh, make the products. That's so much work. <sighs> I know. I can't, I can't say shit. <laughs> I'm the same way. I get my hair cut and then style it twice. <laughs> I wear hats all the time anyway. <laughs> But seriously, man, like I'm always love coming up here because, like I said, it's it's always relaxing and nice just to kind of break away and again just even chat music, which uh, is something I was kind of holding on to, and I feel like it's a good time to bring up something you brought up on Facebook, Cap. Oh yeah, uh, a certain musician going in and re-recording an entire album. Oh yeah, <laughs> what you think about that? Go and lead in on that, Cap, since you shared it. Well. It's funny I bring it up now because speaking as somebody who has recorded uh, Black Sabbath material, seeing Zach Wilde do it too, I don't know. It's different because with Zach Wilde, it's going to be what all is it, though? What is it? It's Zach Wilde. He's going to record the first Black Sabbath record, and I think he's doing like limited amount of copies and stuff like you that. You know, it's going to be digital though. Yeah, but I, I think it's just going to be. An e- I think it's just a cash grab for just Sharon and Ozzy because Ozzy had to cancel his whole damn tour this year too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I forgot. Because you wouldn't shut the fuck up on that one episode going, Ozzy's going to die. Ozzy's going to die. And look at him now. I know. Ozzy's just fine now, isn't he? He's a fucking vampire, dude. He's fine. (laughs) I still think he should just quit altogether. But Zach Wilde re-recording the first uh, Black Sabbath album. I mean, he's so doing, much of that just seems wrong. Well, he's doing the Zach Sabbath thing right now, and I, I've seen the video of him doing War Pigs, and I got a friend of mine who's a Zach Wilde stan, and he'll just eat anything up that Zach Wilde does. It's like, oh, it's just him playing guitar over this, his favorite band, and I get that to an extent, but yeah. I don't know. A Tony Iommi guitar tone and a Zach Wilde guitar tone is two, com- yeah, they're two completely, completely separate things. things, and I don't know if I want to hear Zach Wilde's guitar guitar tone and pinch quills doing all the sabbath riffs maybe my thought on it is why does he even feel the need to do it why like why i mean i get it zach sabbath or whatever but why even why even feel the need to go in and re-record that album he had nothing to do with the album again like he only had to do with ozzy's solo material so it's like if you're going to go in and re-record anything go re-record something of your own era why are you re-recording something you had absolutely no part of uh, That'd be like us going, hey, we're going to re-record the first Ramones record and promote it as if it's like the new definitive version of the Ramones record. We had nothing to do with that shit. Yeah, because it's been a while since he's put out a Black Label Society release, too, and I'm sure uh, album cycles change, or I'm not sure what the scheduling uh, you know, plans are for that, because he's, he's involved with several projects, too, and, and gear companies and everything else. But I still don't like the idea of him doing the whole damn <laughs> album all the way through. Yeah, it seems like an odd choice to me as well. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess once I hear it, I'll maybe. I don't maybe, know if I want to bother to I'm hear it, not, though. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out if I just don't and I get was a, it. And I know, was a Zach Wilde fan growing up, too. I had Black Label Ew. Society records. I know. Ew. Zach Wilde is junk food guitar solo candy. <laughs> Man, there was actually a weird time period of bands going in and re-recording their own material. There, there was like a weird time period of that. I know where it was like uh, where all the uh, '70s contracts were up, and everybody had to re-record their stuff so they can put right. it up Cause, in cause commercial Al- places and Alice stuff Coop- like that. Because Alice Cooper did it, um, Kiss did it. They, they re-recorded a bunch of their stuff. They used it in like the Dr. Dr. Pepper, Pepper commercial. commercial. Um, Stephen Tyler redid Dream On to put it in Walmart. 
Oh, and this is actually completely unrelated, but it just reminded me. You were raging hard about that Godzilla cover. It's so bad, though. <laughs> did you hear about that one, Brad? Uh-uh. No, I didn't hear that. Uh, Search Tankian from System of a Down did a garbage version of uh, Godzilla by Blue Oyster Cult for the really? new Godzilla movie coming out. And he's doing like all System of a Down, high-pitched vocals, and adding melodies that don't need to be on there and just ruining the song. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's for the new Godzilla movie. Which I'm stoked about, but I hope that's not in it. You gonna go see that? The new Godzilla movie? Yeah. Or was that never really like... Uh, I think Cooper uh, will... And I'm talking about my son, Cooper. <laughs> we'll definitely because again, side note, <laughs> side note to the side note again, how much you fucking love music. All your kids are named after like music and musicians. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's like it runs, it literally names. runs in the family. First and middle names, all my kids. Um, but yeah, I, I think Cooper will definitely insist that we see Godzilla in the theaters. So. Was that one that you enjoyed as a kid, or was that something that never grabbed you as much? Uh, it was so sad. I was yeah, always yeah. a Star Wars. See, Godzilla geek. was my shit when I was a kid. <laughs> I still knew the movies were dumb, but I was such like a big, like big dinosaur nerd when I was a kid that Godzilla just kind of was just in that world anyway. Just monsters in general. I yeah, was like. yeah. Well, aside from Star Wars, because clearly looking at the house and looking at everything, everything else, you know, clearly we love Star Wars. What other things kind of from that time period, you know, really stuck with you that you still see happening today? Oh, man. I don't... <laughs> I think you stumped right. me. Really? Is it just Star Wars? Is that the only thing left that you yeah, enjoyed? Just Star Wars. <laughs> just Star Wars. It's just like the Nothing two of, else exists. It's like the two of us, just Star Wars and Kiss. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I mean, Star Wars and rock and roll. I mean... <laughs> One of the two of those things definitely need to stop already. <laughs> as much as I love both of them. But, I'll uh, know both of them about need to quit. Like, yeah. <laughs> All good things just seem to stay at the party too long. What was your thoughts on Last Jedi? Last Jedi. Oh, God. <laughs> I went back and forth. I mean, I, I walked out loving it. Um, but within just a day or two, I was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. It just when you think it about didn't it for feel a minute, right. It's just, just like eh. it felt so disjointed mm. for whatever reason. Well, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Endgame? Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Endgame is. Alex is like that guy at the, at the store. Like, Did you see this? No way. Well, no, we no, no, talk no. About I was, it. no. I was leading it in because it, because you said you you were literally just before Cap cut you off. You were saying you liked Endgame, right? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I I felt that I see where he's going. With um, this. <laughs> <laughs> I felt everything, you know, the callbacks. You know, I I think I read an article about you know people being annoyed with you know the cheering of the of the fanboys. You know, for every little callback. I like the callbacks. Uh, they're fun. That's why yeah, you spent the fun. money. Yeah, yeah. If, if you didn't get those callbacks, you'd be like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought it was well made. I thought it was uh, definitely a, I don't know, do you ever close out uh, the Avengers? You know, and I think that's what they were going, you know, that closure of that period. But yeah. to me. It's like, yeah, you know, uh, we got movies coming out, but yeah. it's the last of this era yeah. yeah because they didn't even put the um in credit scene you got nothing right right so no but but i found that interesting because you were saying you, last jedi i just felt disjointed it's just further proving my point that i talked about on the last episode we did release which was last jedi i just felt like a lot of arbitrary decisions being made instead of just continuing a certain narrative 
Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I, and, and it, that again comes down to people complaining about the fanboy moments. Let's take it back to the beginning of this episode. People yeah. talking about not wanting to be fans. What right. is Too scared so, to represent. What right. is so wrong about wanting that moment in the movie? Why, what's so bad about wanting that payoff? Right. Cap Cap said it the other week. It's like, you know, if if you make a sequel to anything, it's fan service. Very true. Yeah. You very know, true. Yeah. Yeah, the first one is for you. And if anyone likes it, if you make a second one and you want those people to like it, it's fan service. And of course you want those people to like it. You put out the first one in the first place to see if people are going to like what you did. Yeah, yeah. So regardless of what you do, your second, third, fourth, fifth, and so on is going to be a certain level of fan service. And I just feel Marvel did it right because they just set up a lot of different things in motion and did it correctly. Whereas with Last Jedi, it felt like a lot of, we're going to do this. Because we want to. It's my way, though. Yeah. I decided I'm going to do this, not the story decided it was going to do this. And the changes were so monumental, you can't ignore them with episode nine. They third movie cleaning it up. Yeah, I mean. That really, that that does kind of make me worry, because originally, who was going to do it? Colin Trevorrow? Wasn't he the original director cast? I think so, yeah. But then he was let go due to the uh, Disney creative differences, copyright. Kathleen Uh, Turner and all that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, but well, K- Kennedy. Kennedy. Kathleen yeah. <laughs> Turner's the actress. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what does she have to? What is she doing she, behind the scenes? She's been messing with Star Wars for years. <laughs> <laughs> that damn Kathleen Turner. <laughs> she's the sneaky like executive behind everything. <laughs> no, I don't think it's so much Kennedy. Why? Well, Maybe I, I don't know. I don't work at Disney, but it, it just it just seems like there's a lot of uh, Disney has a certain story they want to tell, and if you're not going to tell it, you're off the team. Same thing happened with Solo. And, and I think hell, even Last Jedi had a different director before uh, Johnson. Yeah, hell, the solo had what ten directors before it was released. <laughs> yeah, which it's funny. Oh, and so I did Rogue just, One. I That's just right. saw an article this morning that uh, that there's a group of fans asking for a sequel to the Solo movie. Now they've even made up the shirts Solo Two. Why? <laughs> like multiple solos? Yeah, yeah. I still haven't seen Solo. Yeah. I, I know the beats. I know all the spoilers. I know what happens. <laughs> yeah, but it's, and that's part of the reason I don't want to see it. That's just one of those movies where it's like, well, that was kind of fun. <laughs> Afterwards, that's it. Yeah, in case people are listening and they still hadn't fun caught up, I'm not gonna be that it, dick. It but it's was, like there, there are just a lot of arbitrary things also done in that movie, like with the imperial officer at the desk talking yeah. to Han. That whole exchange. It's yeah. like no, in a world full of Skywalkers and Kenobi's and everything else, you're mean to tell me you're gonna cop out on this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King once had a quote where it was like, uh, "Never make the whole story about the backstory because nobody cares." <laughs> but is that true though i guess the, the whole story of Endgame was the backstory well, it depends on the characters and the scenarios and all that too but that if we're doing true. like wizard of Oz scenarios like star wars like a han solo deal like what you were talking about yesterday it's like hey i'm a drug smuggler i'm gonna get you the point a to point B, i know i was mentioning about this yesterday too <laughs> nobody needs to know that backstory <laughs> yeah it's like i i enjoyed the mystery of han solo you know all we need to know is that he was a smuggler here's chewy this is my ship pay me so you know what the best backstory? <laughs> That's all I need to know about Han. It, it, it's like, yeah, it's like the horror flick that never shows the the monster. You know, dude. Yeah. In my opinion, old horror movies are so much better than the new ones in most regards. In because of that, the yeah. original Psycho, you don't see any penetration of the knife into skin, right? At all, right? The the illusion of it. But 
it's that scene still fucks with people so hard, especially if it's the first time seeing it, like in early teens or whatnot. Yeah. These are the same kids that are used to seeing heads getting blown off, you know, in Mortal Kombat and shit. But you sit them down in front of this black and white movie, they're about to shit their pants over this scene. Yeah. Yet they don't see anything that wouldn't be shown on late night television. Right, right. So it's you don't all see, done therefore you don't to, know. It's yeah. subtle. It's all down to the way it was shot and the way it was directed. And it feels like due to a lot of just the advances of what's acceptable in movies, the creativeness has gone away. Yeah, yeah. Even Frankenstein, that movie still gives me chills. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking PG movie. <laughs> but the way they did it is just so good. And, it's, and it just feels like... It's hard to really capture that creepy feel in a movie anymore. You have to go for the scary. I know. you got to be really on the nose about it. I mean, what was the last creepy movie you saw? The movie that just kind of made you unsettled and never really scared you? Within the past 20 years, I can't really think of anything. I can think of a lot of old horror movies that never really scared me. But it's like after watching it, you kind of just had like that... Just uneasiness. Mm. Yeah, it's just like, all right, I, I want to watch something different now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> in the past 15 years, I want to laugh been, before I go to bed now. <laughs> it's either been Saw or uh, Paranormal Activity or any of those kind of vibes. Saw is gory, though. I know, but that's all it's been the past 20 years. It's either been just full-on gore or just homemade with, like, you know, stuff being lifted and stuff at the very end. That, like, that's the payoff. I liked um, Conjuring. Conjuring was good. Did you ever see Conjuring, Brad? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Um, but that was more like uh, just creepy, you know, like mm-hmm. it was one that wasn't anything like psycho or anything. It was like subtle, like creepiness. It was creepy. It was very creepy. But uh, the story all around was really good. Right. I was trying to find one of my voodoo accounts that I thought was <laughs> voodoo <laughs> accounts. Wait, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> no, we're, we're talking about interesting backstories on film. I think like the best one that was told was was the Indiana Jones one. It was only like maybe ten minutes. And it explained everything you needed to know. That was it. Ah, uh, including yeah. like, including like, okay, I get all my uh, my, here's the, his hat, my, my here's judgment, his and morality from my dad, but I get all of you know my wardrobe and my attitude from this thief. Yeah, and that explains him to a T. Only took ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why it's a little bit of a problem because it happens so fast. If that makes any sense. Oh, with uh, with that movie, you didn't like that. I don't know that that. I, well, I don't know. I wouldn't say I didn't like it, but I will say, kind of tying it back to Solo, wouldn't you say that the young Indiana Jones looks a lot like the actor they cast for Han Solo and Solo? I mean, it get naturally you got to get a younger Harrison Ford ish looking dude anyway. Look it up. Look it up. Hey, look look at the young uh, Indiana Jones in that scene, and then look at uh, the guy from River, Solo, River Phoenix, and what's his nuts from the Solo movie? Because because uh, I was watching that actually a few months back, and I was I looked at it, I was like, holy shit, that's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you kind of got to anyway. It's the same actor that played both of them. And see, and that's the other thing I dig about hanging out here in the mornings is like we can literally just jump from like music to tv to horror movies to comic (laughs) books bunch of nerds (laughs) it's fun i did remember the well i didn't remember the movie i found the movie in my account uh i thought get out was a um i still haven't um, seen that i hadn't either it it had a great vibe going i felt for a a while until till they till the truth began to pan out. And Apparently, yeah, Jordan Peele's been really point, good uh, from what people have been saying about having like the creepy subtleness and all yeah, these movies yeah. that he's been putting out. Yeah, um, I mean, it just it, there was an unnerving feeling a bit with that one, but as as the story began to play out, that kind of went away, and it's like, yeah. But 
I'm trying to remember. Oh, I I think. Oh, I remember what it is. It's a movie that was on Netflix. It only felt like for maybe six months around Halloween, and then it disappeared. And it, it, I watched it like once on there, and it like captivated me so much I had to find it. And I only found a DVD copy of it, but it's called Medium Raw. And basically, right. <laughs> and, and basically, it's I don't a, know if I like where this is going. <laughs> basically, it's a fucked up Little Red Riding Hood tale. So now I just all right. Basically, there's a killer. Especially don't like where this there's, is going. There's a killer on the loose, and he's known as the Wolf, and he kills children that wear red. That's only like in the first five minutes of the movie. And That's the setup to getting them to basically best comparison and, and Arkham Asylum. Hold it sounds on, ridiculous going into hold it. on. I'm just saying I'm expressing my initial thoughts going into it. Which I, I haven't even gotten into off. the main plot of the movie and you're already judging it. <laughs> I'm judging it like a motherfucker based on like the You're small judging info. the first five minutes of the movie that really has nothing to do with the rest of the plot other than explaining that this is a fucking psycho killer and it's also explaining the where we're about to go and, and the other people you're about, about to see. How good it's going to be, so I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> anyway, they, he gets taken to essentially what's best comparison is an Arkham Asylum. Right. And there's just a bunch of fucked up people in there, but they're all like comparisons of old nursery rhymes. And it's like um like the little old maid that like uh, made like soup and shit. It was like she was a cannibal. And like she's locked up in there, she's like fucking insane. And eventually, the lights go off and the gates come up, and the movie really starts at that point. That kind of and it's fucking good. What's it called again? Medium raw. Medium raw. <laughs> did you ever see that movie, uh, Cabin in the Woods? I wanted to see it, and I heard it was good until it basically unraveled at the end. Right. <laughs> but kind of and I was like, okay, it unravels at the end. Never mind. But, but the premise of that kind of reminds me of the unravelingness at the end of Cabin in the Woods, where it turns into a completely different movie at the end. But it's not a completely different movie. Literally, the part I was explaining to you about the Robin Hood killer is just to set up the fact that he's a weird, like, story-based killer, and then he gets put in this Arkham Asylum-type place with other, like, mutant weird things that are seen, odd parallels. But you haven't seen uh, Cabin in the Woods. That doesn't unravel or change the narrative. It's no, 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 but I'm talking about, like, what the narrative leads into. You haven't seen the movie, so once you see it, it'll make sense. I know, but you're also comparing it to a movie you haven't seen. Oh, it's what it reminded me of. <laughs> No, I've seen Cabin in the Woods, but... But I you haven't seen Medium Raw, that's my point, motherfucker. That's what it reminds me of, leading into it. I want to see it now because of that, <laughs> of that context. I want to see it now. I love giving you shit. <laughs> so you're selling a ticket. I'm complimenting you. <laughs> Man, even Wikipedia doesn't have really anything on it. I know, right? <laughs> I'll Medium take a Raw, Night of the Wolf? Is that Possibly. it? I don't remember there being a subtitle, but that very well could be it. Let me see the cover. Uh, this can't be it. No, that ain't it. <laughs> that wasn't what was there when I first clicked it. Now, this one looks like it could be it. Yeah, that one's it. Okay. That one's it. I, li- I like that movie a lot. I'll have to check that this out. This is not a fairy tale. Medium Raw, Night of the Wolf. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> is there any other movies coming out this year we're interested in? Just Godzilla for me, really. I don't give a fuck about Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't give a fuck about Toy Story 4. Uh, Star Wars is hitting. I'll go see December. Star Wars just out of, like, you know, obligation. <laughs> obligation. <laughs> like, stuck with it this far. It's about, like, Game of Thrones, but we ain't got to go into is that, that. Is that. Is that where you are now in your fandom? You're just watching stuff out of obligation? Everything disappoints me now. <laughs> How jaded are you? 
with with movies so much so jaded last jedi jaded the fuck out of me last jedi <laughs> did you ever watch weeds did you watch the i didn't weeds? no i didn't weeds was phenomenal through about three or four seasons and i got so dedicated to it it's so and then i had to watch about four seasons that was just a job all right we don't have to go into like the game of thrones thing <laughs> or something like that. but it's so hard to end a tv show solidly apparently like, can you think of like any TV show that you were well, into that ended just Breaking Bad? I yeah, that's the only was, thing I can think of. There, there's a little bit more with the Game of Thrones thing than just wrapping it up. They're they're about to do that new Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, yeah. and Disney has a time frame on them, and this is the way Disney works. They go, "You're hired. We need it done by this day. You can keep doing Game of Thrones." But this has to be done. Whatever you decide to do with Game of Thrones is up to you, but this has to be done. It's like you're on Disney and time. that's the way they work it. So there's a lot of misleading articles kind of going, oh, Disney forced them to, you know, end the series shorter. Disney bought them out. It's like, no. There's a lot Disney of Disney has a very strict deadline, and they came out and was already saying that they were cool with them working on both. They decided to wrap it up the way they did. And it felt very hastily paced and written. And I have this much passion on it only because I listen to Star Wars shit. I've not watched a single episode of that fucking saying, show. It's like, and it showed. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, uh, the other day, someone was like, someone posted a bunch of spoilers for Endgame, uh, God, for, uh, for Game of Thrones. <laughs> so many games. And people are going to be pissed off at the series finale. I was like, yeah. They're like, watch. I was like, okay. Sure enough, series finale hit. I was like, yep, they're pissed. <laughs> We're just sitting there just watching. It's going like, sure, why not? Just laughing and just talking shit about it the whole way through. All right, well, whose fault is it? Uh, I, is it our fault? Because it, let's take the Last Jedi okay. approach. We'll just, let's take the Last Jedi approach. Um, is it our fault we didn't like it because Ryan Johnson was taking us on the story and the narrative that he wanted to go down? Is it the Game of Thrones fans' fault that they didn't like the decision that the writers chose to wrap up the series with? Because to the best of my knowledge, the books aren't written to the point of where the TV right. series the writer, is. The right. TV writers have surpassed so, the books. So the TV writers are writing their own narrative. They're writing their own canon. Yeah. So is it the fans' fault for not liking the story that they decided to take them on? Or did they genuinely not do the character right? Part of the Game of Thrones, uh, since you haven't watched, part of it is like character development and really like milking like any personality traits right. that lead them on, that lead them onto their search, uh, situations. And the problem with the last season that a lot of, or at least the problem a lot of folks had with the last season was that it was all very rushed. Everybody got to their endpoints really quickly without much you know thought into the development of the characters and all that too. But at the same time, some of the results were what people wanted anyway. Yeah, can't please everybody. Yeah, well, I mean, let's let's take it from that example and pop it back to Last Jedi. Uh, I would say that there's a lot of character building when it comes to Luke. It felt like in Last Jedi, that wasn't his character. The way he was acting... It was a hard shift, and that happened in Game of Thrones, too. But, as a Star Wars fan, we're told that our fanboy narratives just got in the way get over it this is the way luke is so are the game of thrones fans getting a pass or no, is ryan johnson just a whiny little bitch that can't take criticism well, so <laughs> a similar thing happened at the end of game of thrones too where like uh 
character shifts happen and uh, all of a sudden uh, the ma- fans are mad and uh, there's that you know overall thing of like well this right, is how we but, wrote but it but what I'm saying it. is like but who's at fault is it the director and writer's fault or is it the fan base's fault for getting our own preconceived notion of the way a character should handle a situation I guess it depends on the actual situation of the people putting it together too where with Game of Thrones timing was the issue I'm asking a generalized thing as for the public because the, the public comments on Last Jedi, the public comments on Game of Thrones. I'm asking because the public goes, the fanboys are whining and bitching about Last Jedi, and then the public goes, Game of Thrones fans don't like the way that ended. So, I'm talking about a generalized commentary. Well, that's just the problem with like such a big fan base too, right? Right. I don't know. If there's like a right answer for that, just because. I mean. I don't know. I just, like I I just saying, think always, that regardless, like, they just need to pay close attention to a, an actual character story arc. What big franchise like nailed an ending too back to in game? And get well, that's one of the what maybe like five, maybe like five franchises you can count. Maybe that did it right. But, but see, here's the thing. Let's even reverse back in the Marvel movies. We could have stopped at so many different points in the MCU, and it would have been a wrap up. I guess this is like just decades and decades of uh, fans too. Like Marvel's been around for what? How long now? How long has Star Wars like, been around? Marvel's been around a lot longer, haven't they? Or like those characters. Uh, Gen- generalized, yeah. yeah. But I would say that it definitely wasn't beloved. It, it's comic book and comic culture is definitely a lot more romanticized today than it was then. For sure. It, it was. De- I mean, hell, even Stan Lee talks about he would go to high class you know meetings or high class you know parties or whatever and people would ask what do you do and he would just say i write books because he was ashamed to say he was a comic book writer this was into the 70s when star wars was a thing so he would still get people turning his nose up on him because oh he's just that funny book writer so even though yes marvel has been around a lot longer than star wars star wars immediately took the world by storm and helped catapult the comic book culture a lot of that was all kind of coming together at about the same time so i kind of see them almost on a level playing field when it comes to a certain generation latching on to it you're always going to have the people that found marvel when they first started you know but I feel that the main pickup was the Star Wars, Star Trek, when things started getting a lot more Star galactic. Trek for sure. When exactly when things started getting a lot more mystical, I think it was post-war. People were wanting a lot more fantasy. That's when comic books really swooped in and was big again. After what the Silver Age with Captain America, that was another post-war mm-hmm. comic book thing. Makes sense, yeah, comic books were really used as political propaganda there for a little bit it was used they would send them out to the troops and it was something to you know break their mind from the monotony of war well as far so as comics had a really interesting little background and reasoning for it and now at this point it's just something that everyone enjoys and with the fans and everything too with uh, the marvel comics it's more uh, you know visually based but in a literature form where mm-hmm. star wars was all visual film form too so i wonder if that has anything to do as far as like fans interpreting what they see and read and all that too absolutely um but I would say that even Star Wars did a good job at building up that back narrative. Even in the first movie, we had Obi-Wan going um, before the Dark Times, before the Empire, and even referenced Clone Wars, and so which much... we didn't get to see until another 15, 20 years later. And the narrative right. was so vague enough, but allowed so many opportunities for backstories on that end, too. And it's like, even though I don't like those first three, or the, the prequel movies, I think as a story, it did well. Yeah. 
I yeah. think as a building character, they did well. I didn't like Hayden Christensen, and I think they overdid the CGI. Mm-hmm. But if you can actually break apart from that, the story wasn't half bad. Right. And, and and that's kind of maybe where I lie in that, too, is kind of bringing back to Last Jedi. Is it just it felt like Lucas had a maybe a bit more of a tighter grasp on the idea, whereas right now with a different director and different set of writers on each movie, everyone's having to play along and play nice. You don't have a consecutive single writer writing these three movies. And it's fun. It's just weird how like, like this whole like canon just evolved out of just like one movie where all, all it was essentially was just a hero's journey, you know, a wizard of Oz narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And it also goes to show, I mean, it's the whole clerk's mentality. You just put it out there, see if it sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with the rim. You throw it out there and see if it sticks. <laughs> and it fucking stuck. <laughs> oh, Feels like man. it's what I do every day. I know, right? I'm actually really glad we were able to get to sit down and do this. Like I said, we hadn't done a few episodes in a week. Feel feel a little rusty, kind of slowly getting back into it, but... We've been working on so much, and I can't wait to share what we've been working on with everybody. I know. Sadly, it's going to be a minute, though. Yeah. <laughs> Brad knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm liking it. <laughs> I know. It's just going to take a minute to get it all done the way it needs to be done. Yeah. Um, any uh, special shows you're looking at or anything, or just the focus right now is just... Attending or booking? Either. Man, I can't think of anything coming on. So North Carolina's finally getting a little uptick of activity of uh, bands coming through to tour here uh, this year. I know Super Suckers are doing their uh, 30th anniversary tour uh, this year. Nashville Pussy just came through town with uh, Guitar Wolf, and they had a pretty good package. They were in Pittsburgh, uh, I think, last Wednesday. Yeah, this past Wednesday. Did you go to that? Did not get to go to it. Uh, I know... Um, I know Devin was there. Oh yeah, I basically um, watched the concert through him. <laughs> but you know, it's um, in the time that I've been doing the rim, it, it's I have multiple shows um, that I can go to within go, within a reasonable drive. And do you just go out to just network and be like, hey, I run this venue? Uh, over yeah, this way, yeah. And, uh, just yeah. kind of like uh, start picking brains and uh, well, that and, thing too. You know. For the for the amount of work I do, I also have to basically first and foremost like what I hear. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. So you know, I'm I'm not booking. You know, for the amount of work that's going to go into it, I'm not booking something that I'm not into or don't have a chance of getting into. Yeah, right. Um, not just just spamming cold calling or anything like that. I've you know I have done and it, and it's worked out great in in some instances uh when we uh when the cheats uh had a show fall through um they were on the on on the run with the bitch queens uh, out out of switzerland and um they weren't going to get a show we do not do weeknight shows unless it would happen to be a holiday uh just can't happen we do friday and saturday night shows uh but this was a wednesday night and the bitch queens come in. I mean, the cheats always bring it. The bitch queens came in, and Devin was telling me, he said, you've got to see these guys. They are I so, love the records they put out. They are so badass. He said, I had no clue. And, you know. It, Just Scandinavian goodness. It, it fell in my lap within a week or less, and I didn't even have time. You know, maybe I jumped on YouTube. Things were going on. I'm, 
maybe listen through maybe two songs <laughs> um and then they're playing and it was almost instant it was like these guys have got their shit together i mean this is this is some great music and uh you know amy and i've talked about now I'm and then their music video yeah um another one was uh the jasons um those guys uh i think they're doing a uh cross-country tour they, they tour may be out lot. on the run yeah they may be out on the run right now uh they may have started it but uh east coast to west coast um and back um but they brought in uh, black cat attack um as they were on a run with those those folks That's and the man uh, out of canada right yeah. yeah and just another one of those just surprises that um, within a song or two songs, you know, I'm a fan. So yeah. I was about to I, ask, I, how I many love, times does that happen where it's like you have some band that you have like preconceived notion of that you don't know what to expect and they come on and they just blow your mind? How many times does that happen? It doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, it's so Pleasant cool. Surprise. I mean, it's, it's so cool, but then there's a little bit of disappointment. It's like, uh, I'm not sure how Amy, Amy has said it, but, you know, it's we didn't know what we were getting. And if we did, we'd have been so much more prepared. <laughs> Trust me, I feel <laughs> because, that on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, it, so uh, that's uh, certainly two instances where it was just an awesome feeling, uh, you know, as it begins to happen. Uh, uh, horse burner uh, out of Parkersburg. Uh, horse burner heavy, sounds metal heavy, as fuck. Right? Heavy grunge, um, doom metal. Uh, those guys came here um, and killed it they are they are so loud they are so um i don't know it's just thick had so much fun with it it sounds like <laughs> you just you just gotta describe it's Brad just thick, it thick. <laughs> <laughs> with two c's <laughs> so, but uh yeah they were I, I had heard the reputation um and they i said grunge but, but they're not grunge i mean they're just um they're just heavy, heavy, and um, loud. They're wrong um, heavy. You know, as you can tell, I'm I'm not a, a musician. <laughs> it's heavy. It's loud. I love it. <laughs> it makes it feel good. <laughs> oh, I can make so many jokes about that, but I'll, I'll refrain. <laughs> I like them heavy and loud. All right, like Brad. You, it sounds like you do a lot of personal networking with all these bands, too, as far as going out their shows and all that kind of stuff, too, yeah, which is, I think, what you have to do as much as online promoting and things like that, too, getting out and getting the personal connection. Yeah, we... Um, we're uh, going to be out of town um, here in June, and uh, of course, as we're going planning a vacation, we're we're looking at our route, trying to figure out yeah who's can, playing can where. We, can we grab a show? You know, on a anytime but, I go out of town, I always plan it around that too. I love uh, it. When uh, when we get back though, the next night. Um, Blackfoot Gypsies are playing the Adelphia. Um, Doesn't Ricky play with them too? Uh, Ricky was, yeah. Oh, he was, um, not anymore. Well, he's got another gig now. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if he was doing you both You don't know anything about time. that, Cal. <laughs> but, not at all. Uh, yeah, I've, I've talked with them a bit about uh, getting here, and um, uh, they're actually playing in Morgantown and while we're gone. Uh, but then uh, when they get back uh, – be a two-hour trip but we're gonna we're gonna make the run to, over to see them that's nice. that's the plan nice. um, but uh scattered hamlet i mentioned earlier they're gonna be in morgantown uh so you know i'll get out to see that it's you know so i, I kind of feel like it's building it's building again you know is is 
you know the availability at least in my area of mm-hmm. of more shows is is beginning to happen because you're putting in the bit. work too. yeah so um which is awesome and that's part of it man it's putting in the work and uh going out and seeing these folks and uh like you were saying just uh establishing relationships and uh i mean like talking about like, hey i have this yeah people right there in town just let me know and then just figure it out from there that's yeah part of putting in the work well that's you know we've um like you said the nashville pussy show i really wanted to be there um just couldn't work it out schedule wise but i'm just finding certainly for this area um a lot more opportunity to, to get out and see bands and shows yeah. and and uh, uh it's crazy that it is growing like that too yeah um i'm i'm very excited to um i think right now i've got what i'd call my chicago four uh, mm-hmm. satanic panic uh criminal kids bad sons uh I'm not sure who the fourth all one is now mystery, but mystery you know um, <laughs> these are all bands that uh i haven't hosted anyone from chicago so i'm 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 set know, on getting get someone the, here all the hot bands uh, out over the rim but uh yeah i mean that's that's another little I don't know. I'm a numbers guy and a, and a, a interesting little tidbit fact yes. type person. So, you know, I haven't hosted a band from New York yet. I haven't oh. hosted a band from Chicago. So, uh, I'm interested in seeing who. Yeah, you got Switzerland. You got Canada. <laughs> I know you, yeah. you've hit all these crazy other places, but like, but but see, that's the other cool thing about you guys is. Um, even though with Charlotte we can boogie down to Atlanta, which we'll probably want to be, we'll probably see spiders and Hank, Hank Von, Von Hell. That's right. If you hadn't heard of spiders yet, Brad, you would love those guys. I have to check them out. Uh, I have not. Great, at this point. more great Scandinavian rock, and they're going to be touring with Hank Von Hell, the original singer for Turbo Negro. Yeah, and his new solo record, fucking amazing. So, yeah, we can boogie down to Atlanta and see that kind of stuff, but it, it's still like pulling the hen's teeth to get like cool nationals to come down this side of the East Coast. With you guys, even though you're still kind of centered, you're still next to Pittsburgh. Right. And bands hit Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that that's a really cool leg up for you guys is a lot of cool indie bands always like making Pittsburgh at stops. So you've always got that good outlet to get up there and you know, check them out and make and make that sort of friendship and relationship with them. And uh an area that I haven't been making runs to is is Philly. We've Discuss trying oh, to Philly bring so that beautiful. into our uh, our repertoire of, of uh, <laughs> where say. we travel to. But God, I'd I know, love to go to Philly. Yeah. Band stop in Philly too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know the Ravagers play Philly. Uh, I think quite often. Wildlife will drop into Philly, out of New York, and uh, um, I know Hank Von Hell was supposed to be there. Uh, he had some issues, I think, with a visa. Yeah, that was during uh, yeah. the government shutdown, and he couldn't get his visa cleared. I had talked to uh, Todd from the Cheats. And uh, I asked him if he was going to be at the uh, at this uh, the the was it the Stunner in January or was uh, it, Summer Stunner it, yeah or at uh, the showdown you talking about January yeah the showdown showdown yeah uh, and uh, he said nah I'm going to Philly to Hank Von Hell and then um, I didn't realize the show had been too, canceled right? and was talking to him and I said how was the show and he's like oh man he said I'd have been in in Atlanta had I known but we found out like the day before that that 
that had fallen through, yeah, and he was, was like, I couldn't thing. get to Atlanta. Yeah, our, I knew about that, too, because our buddies in uh, Buzzard to Fuzz, they were uh-huh. handling the Atlanta date. Okay. <laughs> so it's like I was seeing a Rippin posting stuff. They're like, we're so sorry about this, guys. We were so excited about this. We're so sorry. It's totally not their fault or our fault. Look at their press statement. We're so sorry. They're going to come back. We promise. <laughs> they think they've added more dates to the States. And, they're and they did that EP. Yeah, they're yeah. going to release new music and everything. They so already did. Yeah. They had the one song that released the whole uh, collection the whole, yet. I think it's out. Awesome. I think it's been out. I haven't seen it yet. I'll but check. I'll, definitely I'll look check. It keep up. talking. But yeah. <laughs> but no, he's going. He's going the extra mile to make it up for everything that happened in January too, which yeah. is great. Like adding more sta- uh, dates to the states and new music and everything. And right. Spiders is a pretty excellent support act too. So Fem- I can't female wait. singer just fucking power vocals. It's really good. I have to definitely check that out. Probably like the one. Uh, act out of Scandinavia is doing this extensive of a run in the states for some mm-hmm. time, if not a uh, them and Lucifer. Lucifer gets a lot of love in the states too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, you're right. It was just a single. I could have okay. swore it was uh, more than one song though. But yeah, Nick Anderson, like the only <laughs> love he gets in the states is from Lucifer for some reason. And uh, didn't they do an Asheville show uh, uh, recently? Did, I think uh, Lucifer. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they did a whole uh, East Coast run. They did Atlanta. They did all the usual markets and all that, too. Uh, one of the guys that comes to shows here every now and then, uh, I think, uh, had told me that he wouldn't be at one of my shows because he was going to be in Asheville uh, right. seeing Lucifer. So um, That's one of those uh, I pl- where I plan on going out uh, to, to see it. But since I'm in, like, a zillion things, one of those took precedence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to see what the lineup of uh, Slaughter Q is going to be this year. Yeah, I wonder how often they start or how far in advance they start booking I've, that. I've already, because uh, I started following their page last year after we went, and uh, they've already been posting teasers that, you know, the next one's getting booked and stuff. That was a fun event. Yeah, it was. Good food, sideshow side acts, uh, bands, works. That, did you all film, is that the one you filmed some of your video, or am I... I didn't film any of our video of that. We didn't play that. Um, we but we, we just down there. Yeah, we just went down there to have fun. That was the show that the Stir and Gunpowder Gray was okay. on. Okay. What show did you guys play that did that you filmed uh, some of the Strutter oh. video? Oh, that was a that local. Wild. Okay, that was a, that was a local <laughs> event. Uh, what that was was. Um, this uh, lady in town, Mandy, uh, she has Mandy Land Entertainment. Uh-huh. And they kind of do purgatory style and, uh, and just kind of like, uh, I don't know really the variety best Variety show kind of deals. Variety, horror-based kind of burlesque dance uh-huh. kind of thing. And if you listen to Justin Fireball's episode, uh, they, did, they do a lot of work with him to do uh, uh-huh. variety shows slash wrestling events. Uh, yeah. Quick music and stuff, too. And that's what this was. Uh, Fireball had a bunch of wrestling events during the show. Uh, there was burlesque dance. Uh, there was sideshow act. Uh, and then there was uh, even like interpretive dance, like blood dancing. It was fucking crazy. It was a crazy night, <laughs> it was a man. Mad Max theme. Oh, absolutely. It was. It, that's what, literally what it was. It was like post-apocalyptic Mad Max theme. So it was like, uh, if you look at our photos, we have like horrible, like black grease paint smeared on our face. We had a pretty cool backdrop. <laughs> yeah, it actually was pretty fun, cool. And um, <laughs> and um, yeah. So that's what that was. And uh, one of the girls that was working there that night, uh, she was a grinder girl, which is essentially uh, it's a bikini made out of like all metal. And she had a belt sander, and she would like hit the metal and like make it spark. So like, and we were playing strutter, and she was like doing it to like the beat and everything. So that's what that was from. Although she totally would have bl- blended in with the slaughter queue for sure. Oh, she would have had a blast there. Now there, there's there's a few couple good dancers at Slaughter Q, and that's part of the reason I'm like I wonder when. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, 
They get all kinds of cool like little barbecue slash music events in Atlanta too. Yeah, haven't been down there in a while. But outside of that Hank show, I really can't think of much more. I know Doyle; he's on tour. I want to catch that, but I've seen him a lot recently. <laughs> See, I mentioned Super Suck. Yeah, I know Doyle comes through and all the Super time, Suckers, he? but they don't come close enough. I know they always <laughs> yeah. skip Charlotte. It's like, hey, we're gonna play Raleigh. Hey, we're gonna play Columbia. Fuck Charlotte. And they always do that on a fucking weekday. And I'm like, guys, I love you to death. Don't do this to me. I want to see Evil Powers. <laughs> I know they're doing that record in its entirety, and that record is so fucking good. Probably so play, good. I played like three times leading up to our record. <laughs> oh, my God. I think they're doing Pittsburgh on that run. They probably they are. I'm sure the cheats are going to be on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a done deal. <laughs> if so, got, have you seen the Super Suckers live? No, I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm telling you, man, my seriously, my number one favorite band. I highly recommend take the family out, make everyone go witness the evil powers of rock and roll, the greatest rock and roll band in the world, the Super Suckers. And this is because our podcast is named after one of our songs. <laughs> <laughs> we had permission. It's cool. We totally did. <laughs> yeah, it looks like I will be in Pittsburgh Sunday, September 15th, checking out the Super Suckers. Good. Right there on, right on. With support from the Cheats and Stone Wicked Souls. Excellent. Stone Wicked Souls. <laughs> Prepare to have your asses rocked. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious though, and, and and the guys in the band, everyone is just solid people. Metal Marty, their guitarist, Metal Marty's cool as fuck. If, the two of them like nerded on guitar for like 15 minutes. It's <laughs> got that plexi, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, especially after the, um, I think especially after the uh, cancer scare that Eddie had. I think everyone's kind of had a rejuvenation of mm -hmm. like appreciation of creating music again. Right. Their last record was fantastic. Probably some of the best they've done in forever. And the country record they had beforehand was really fucking good too. And when you see them play live, because I've seen them play live a good bit. The last couple times I've seen them play, they look like they're having fun again. Before, it definitely had like that... They, they weren't having fun, but they played up the whole we're rock stars and we're not really going to communicate with the audience. We're just going to look straight forward. I've got my sunglasses on. I'm here to rock oh, and do yeah. a job kind of thing. There's definitely a wall. Yeah. There's, he's still got the wall, but he's smiling a bit more in the yeah, wall. Yeah. You know, he's he's moving around a little more. He's running over to the guitarist. It's like you can tell the unit they have now they're genuinely having fun with. And it just it makes me really happy to see those guys. Fuck, I'm probably going to wind up going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> You totally are. Let's wear a fill-in shirt. I'll yeah, do the maybe same. We should <laughs> maybe we should schedule the fill-ins at the rim on Saturday, Or walk September over to him and be like, I love the Something Good For You podcast. <laughs> RW, what's up, man? <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of Riverside Odds. They got a new record coming out. Mm -hmm, which uh, produced by Eddie, Eddie Spaghetti. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Helbert, he is such a cool dude. And uh, it was funny because we had built a friendship before Eddie started producing the record. So it's like, we were talking for like a good month just back and forth because I dug Riverside Odds like yeah. as a band. So like as the fill-ins reaching out to Riverside Odds going, I like your shit, man. We need to do shows together. A few months down the line, he posts this thing. He's like, in the studio with Eddie Spaghetti. I send him a message. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, you like the super suckers? I'm like, fuck. Eddie Spaghetti is your friend? <laughs> <laughs> See, it's not bad to fanboy. <laughs> Aren't they based out of Philadelphia too? Who? Uh, Riverside Odds. 
Possibly. Keep talking. I'll look it up. <laughs> I feel that's going to be the new catchphrase for the show. Keep I talking. Know. I'll we look it up. We need to find this little network and uh, spread be, further. That could be a segment. Keep talking. I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Actually, I think they are. Nice. If that's the case, we need to fucking get a Riverside Odds fill-in show here at the rim if they're up this fucking close. You that would that be fun. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, and from what it looks like. Yeah, from what it looks like, uh, they are all this information, and I can't find it. Yep, hometown, Philly, Pennsylvania. Cool. Yeah, so I'll actually send this to you now, Brad. Definitely check them out. Look at us just getting business done on the right. <laughs> oh, man. No, I and the sad part of going to the rim and any of that crap is the wind down and we have five hours ahead of us and we still have not packed the van. Yeah. <laughs> and DJ that's keep, what Mikey was doing. <laughs> the, dr- the drummer's like... <laughs> I know, the drummer keeps looking at us like, and I've got further to drive after that. He's tapping his wrist, his invisible watch. The drummer that... Gave us some fan-fucking-tastic tracks on drums, but won't stick around to play them. Is now telling us what to do. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got his fancy-schmancy gig in the Walburns. Right, right. He's too good for the fill-ins. He's out there making good country records and playing the Walburns, which will fucking get radio attention and popular fucking no time while the fill-ins are scraping and getting the love from the people over here at the rim. <laughs> Wish that ain't too that, if you do ask me. <laughs> but y'all be playing arenas no time. Don't worry about it. You'll forget all about us down here. You'll just... Oh. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I've seen the way y'all act. Sure. <laughs> well, as much fun as we'd have had on this episode and on this trip, I guess it's about time to dig on into that Spotify playlist and figure out what the fuck we've been listening to. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Captain, what you been listening to this week? Just a lot of just power pop, man. I don't know why, but I've been on a raspberries kick this week. That ain't a bad thing. I love the fucking raspberries. I, I just I love 70s not, power pop. I will not complain about like that. that, too. I love this album they put out fresh. It's just like the goofiest 70s album cover of them just wearing just matching like 70s suits, but the songs see. on here are so fucking good. It's got Oh, I, that's good. I like that. It's got I Want to Be With You and Let's Pretend and a few hits on there, but it was definitely uh, from the production uh, nerd in me. Uh, there's this guy, and I can't think of his last name, but it's Shelly something. He's worked on Tom Petty Records. He's worked on a lot of like really big albums from the 70s and early 80s, too, that kind of like make sense when you listen to this uh, Raspberries album, and the songs are just, you know, they're catchy as shit. And, really and the thing is, and they I, have twelve strings all over. It, I was gonna say catchy. maybe, maybe that inspired some of. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe some eighties power pop has inspired some of what Since we've I been got doing. That twelve string, I'm listening for things like that and going like, ooh, I can do this now. <laughs> Excellent. But that's what I've been listening to this week. Brad, what you've been listening to? I've been listening to. Uh, I'm not not too far probably from this. Uh, I've been listening to Fast Eddie. Ah, there you uh, go. There you go. Hell yeah. I. Uh, you know, just again the plethora of music out there, and you know, Fast Eddie's been a name I've seen, 
and I finally got around to checking them out, and holy shit, you know, I love two, it. The two songs um, that they got out right now uh, on two for are really fucking that, shit. That's, that's what sold me on them, because Brad and I were talking about them earlier, because I had checked them out early, uh, before that uh, two-song EP came out, and yeah. it was good. I liked it. Yeah. But it wasn't one of those like, oh, wow, kind of thing. It was just one of those, oh, yeah, I'll throw this in the playlist kind of thing. But then when Twofer came out, that was one of those, oh, yeah. repeat, 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 yeah. repeat. That's exactly what I've been doing. It's so been they on got, repeat. It was like a huge production shift from that first release to the second one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it almost just feels like they kind of got comfortable with what they wanted to do, kind of like what we're doing. Exactly. They wanted to like work on the hooks and all that too, yeah. which is don't be afraid of hooks, guys. Guys and bands. <laughs> because if you think about it, all your favorite songs have hooks. Exactly. That's why they're your favorite songs. You sing along to them. It's a hooky. You want it. And I, I do hear they may be coming east Ooh. this fall, maybe early winter. Uh, so may have a chance an to get out. out and see those guys. That's right. Speaking of catchy hooks and all that, what I've been listening to, uh, they've been having catalog issues, but I think they've got it all figured out now. But Call of the Wild, Sex Slaves. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I love that fucking album. That That's definitely one. I, I revisit that one from time to time. Burned it out when it first came out in 2012. But it is, it, there's just so many good ones on there. I, probably the lyrics I just love belting out the most is uh, all the lyrics in Burning Bridges. Yeah. That's just I'll, one of those dirty <laughs> fuck you songs. And it's just like, oh my God, I Don't fucking love we're it. only fucking because I need a place I, to I, stay. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> That's the line I always think of. But no, even down to stuff like um, uh, Always Like Cool Ride. That, that, that one actually reminds me of being in... Um, uh, the van with a uh, dirt bag and a uh, 21 CG because they'd always pop that one in the cool guys <laughs> being fucking idiots. <laughs> so this album, of course, just always has a little special place in my heart, but been jamming it and re-listening to it the past few days. It still holds up so well. Plus it was a nice little shift from everything else I've been listening to lately. So yeah. Before we wrap up, can I give a shout out or two? For Go ahead sure. and give a shout out or two, sir. You don't even have <laughs> we, to ask. We did have our 50th show last night, and um, they did a little uh, thing for me to begin the night, and it looks like uh, Raina and Amy did an immeasurable amount of work. They, they did a together fantastic job. A scrapbook for me, uh, documenting every band uh, that's played the rim uh, through the 50 shows, uh, contacting bands. And there's um, a few that weren't able to get in there. And if you'd like to send us something, we can update that <laughs> scrapbook. And uh, it's going to be a very cool item to have for uh, us to you know kind of leave out on the coffee table uh, as bands come through and they can kind of see um, where 50. we were and you know uh, where we're going uh, so and I also want to give a special shout out to um, Austin Kreitzer um, Austin's the lead guitarist well not lead but yeah he does some lead shares <laughs> uh, sure, sure the lead guitar player uh, for uh, and the vocalist for Knuckle Duster um Knuckle Duster formed uh, in in uh, Central West Virginia. Uh, Austin now lives in South Carolina, but they're keeping the band going. Uh, I think they've got a show n next weekend uh, in Morgantown, and right uh, he put together a completely badass guitar for me. Uh, I took uh, photos from the rim, and the guitar is just 
covered in those uh, laminated. Uh, I think uh, I'm not it, again. It, it seems decoupage. I'm, I'm an accountant yeah. uh, by, by <laughs> nature. That so, a really big sticker. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah he made um, just a, a cool collage of just a bunch of bands and activities and things that have happened at the rim. Uh, so it's a an extremely cool memento. Um, so I wanted to give him a shout out for that. Uh, it's pretty awesome. It was so. really cool. And the, yeah, yeah, and the fillings as, assembled it for me, so, uh, or for Amy anyway. <laughs> we Bol- just wanted to help. <laughs> we bolted that neck on really good. Yeah, <laughs> it was such a hard job screwing in those screws, man. <laughs> Didn't have to restring it or nothing. <laughs> and and anyone who has just ever attended a show, played a show here, uh, brought us napkins, uh, brought us whatever, any every every little bit of it. Donuts. I see. Donuts, you know, I see it as um, taking garbage for them. I mean, it, it, just the details of what people do is it's crazy, and and it doesn't work without them. So I guess you'd say the devil's in the details. The devil's in the details. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, wow. This has been another good episode of the Something Good for You podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, Brad. As always, thank you so much for giving us such an amazing time having such an amazing family and venue. You're welcome. Thank we, you guys. As long man. as you keep wanting us here, we are always going to keep coming back. <laughs> well, we got to, we got to preview some new fill-ins. That's last right. Time. That's right. right. Damn it. You're special. The perks. <laughs> Cap, do you have any sort of fucking outro for us this week? Uh, met some rims down at the rim of hell and their centers and saints as far as I can tell. <laughs> Damn right, boy. I want to get paid. I want to get laid. I want
said I met some rims down at the rim of hell. It really did sound like you said I met some rims at the rim of hell. They all shiny and pretty. <laughs> they spinning, they spinning. <laughs> when they go real fast, they look like they're just sitting there. <laughs> it's all pretty and shit. This has been another amazing production from the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.